His arms are extended to all kinds of needy, dependent sinners this side of heaven who will recognize their need for Christ. Mm. If I would just humble myself like a child, I'm able to receive as well the divine blessing of Christ, to know his grace, to know the touch of his grace, and to be able to be welcomed. Welcome back to another episode of Midweek Musings. I'm Pastor Taylor Kern, and I'm here with Pastor Daniel Ventura. This past Sunday, we had the privilege as a covenant community of witnessing the baptism of little Joel Hope Gabois. And in light of that, we heard a wonderful sermon, Pastor Daniel, from you on the blessing that Jesus was giving mm-hmm. to little children and the applications that we draw from that. So where is that found and what was the main point of that passage? Yes, this is from Luke 18 verses 15 through 17, uh, this particular account that we meditated on. And the big takeaway was this, that if we want to enter the kingdom of God, we must receive it like a child. And this means we come to God with humble hearts and with open hands that are ready to receive God's gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Now, as we dive into this text, this is a historical moment. This is something that was actually happening that Luke is recounting for us. So what imagery do we see that really show us that truth that you just unpacked there for us? Yeah, it's a very uh, warm part of scripture where we see Jesus welcoming children to himself we could think of settings in our own life that have that same kind of flavor, like a, like a grandparent maybe getting to spend time with his grandchildren, all sitting around his feet, and maybe one by one he picks them up and reads them a story and just spends that quality time. That's the same kind of warm, tender feelings we get maybe reading a text like this. And in a text like this, we see Jesus's posture to what we call the least of these here on earth. And one group of people within the least of these is children. But among also the least of these are the sick, the blind, maybe those who had chronic illness. You think of the woman who was bleeding for all those years. Uh, You think of Gentile women. Jesus often went against the social norms of his day, and that communicates to us why he came to this earth. He tells us a few times that the Son of Man did not come for the healthy, but to call sinners to repentance. Mm, That's a good word. It reminds me of how we've talked about this reality that God welcomes such people before. We've talked about how with God, there are no little people. You know, there's no favoritism with God. It's a theme throughout scripture. And what that means is that he doesn't favor individuals based on their wealth or social status in the world, which is how we're often accustomed to evaluate others and give attention to them. Well, God is not cut up in the celebrity craze of our day and age, which even affects the church as well, the celebrity kind of culture that exists there. He's not impressed with large followings on social media, etc. And he doesn't delight even in thousands of books sold, right? Mm. It doesn't uh, impress him. It reminds me all of this of a passage in Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 to 2, where it says there, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. And Pastor Daniel, it seems to me that Jesus, as he's welcoming these little children here, he's showing us exactly what Isaiah said, what God said through his prophet Isaiah, that God looks upon those who are humble and needy in heart. 
That's exactly right, brother. That's a beautiful connection. I love that passage of Isaiah. And that's exactly what we see Jesus here uh, doing. He's blessing little children. And these were uh, little children that were being brought by their parents to be touched by Jesus. And I think that's also another image that is significant here, where we read about these parents bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And in Luke's gospel, throughout his gospel, you see how the touch of Jesus brings blessing. Uh, just a couple of passages real quick. Luke 4.40 says, There were many who were sick and who had various diseases, and they were brought to Jesus, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and he healed them. And then in Luke 5.12-16, through 16, we read an account of a leper who fell on his face before Jesus, and he implored him to make him clean. And we see Christ's response. He put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean. In Luke's gospel, when you come into contact with Jesus, something happens. And there is parents here bringing their children before Jesus to receive a blessing from the Lord. Mm. It reminds me of how uh, not too long ago when we were reading together in our Friday night fellowships, the book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. It was one of the objectives of the author there was to show us from Matthew 11 there where Jesus says that he is gentle and lowly of heart and he calls us to come to him and find rest in him. Uh, one of the objectives was to show us that Christ Jesus as a person is the most approachable human being mm. ever. And he receives us, he welcomes us, he bids us come. And he does not give anyone the stiff arm mm. or send them away if they desire to come to him. And so we see that very much here in this passage, and as you just mentioned, these other ones where he's welcoming all these different kinds of people that were social outcasts in their own culture, that others did not approach or kind of scorned and pushed away from their lives to the outskirts to try and avoid them. And Jesus, we find, is welcoming them, bringing them in and touching them and blessing them in that way. Mm. Now, in this passage, Pastor Daniel, as we're considering Jesus welcoming these little children and blessing them. Sometimes there's confusion here about, you know, what is the difference and what is the similarity that we find here in this blessing Jesus giving on children and the sign of water baptism that we place upon our children, the children of believers in the church today. So what is different and what is the same about those two ideas? That's a great question. You know, I had a member ask me afterwards how exactly this text does relate to baptism because they're not necessarily a baptism in the text. But at first, I think we see some similarities where we see, you know, parents again bringing their children to Jesus to be blessed and having that hope and expectation. And, and that's what we see during covenant baptism. Parents, along with the whole Christian church, are coming before God and are praying for his grace to be made known. They're bringing their children to the Lord, trusting that God is a God who is faithful to his covenant promises to be a God to us and to our children. So I'd say that's a beautiful connection here that we see that Christ is able still to bless our little ones. I think one of the key differences is that, you know, technically we're still under the old covenant at this time. The covenant that Christ would bring hasn't yet begun. And so that Old Testament sign was still in place, which was the sign of circumcision. But these children as well were already part of that covenant community. So that's an important difference to see as we think about how it might connect with baptism. But do you have any additional thoughts on that, brother? No, I just uh, piggybacking on what you just said. I, I think it is really important to see where this particular text falls in the larger history of redemption, that this is still within that 
Old Covenant era where the sign and seal of the covenant of grace at that point for the children of believers was circumcision. And it isn't until after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that the sign is then replaced with water baptism now for us in the new covenant. And so I think that is a key distinction, seeing the historical context of this passage here. So very helpful. Now, as we press on here, brother, how has God's truth as presented in this text, renewing and reshaping your own heart? In what ways is it correcting you? Yes, we see Jesus here rebuking his disciples because they were hindering the children from coming to Jesus. And that's a very sobering part of this passage. Uh, The anger of Christ that so often was directed towards the Pharisees is now actually directed towards his own disciples because like the Pharisees, they're actually distorting the kingdom of Christ. And what was causing them to do that was their own pride. And as I see the rebuke of Jesus, I think about my own heart at times and how at times I'm like the Pharisees that are like the disciples ready to, to judge other people harshly or being self-righteous and even trusting myself before the Lord. And in the rebuke of Jesus and calling them to enter the kingdom like little children, I'm reminded that I too need to humble myself daily and recognize that you know my labors as a pastor, my life as a Christian, all of this stuff cannot merit anything before the Lord. It's not connected to the righteousness that causes me to stand before God. But only in Christ do I find that righteousness that I truly need to make me right with God. Mm. Such an important word in our day and age. For all of us, as we consider where true value is found, you know, we have the Mm. temptation always before us to make something of ourselves. And we feel that pressure to grow up and become more independent, more self-reliant, and even less imaginative and less trusting Mm. of others, right? Kind of this uh, cold grin and bear it kind of adult uh, pressing on through life that's very self-assured and um, independent. And Jesus is telling us very much the opposite. Stay imaginative, stay trusting, stay humble, depend upon me, rely upon me and my grace. Your value is not found in your achievements as you uh, become independent, but rather your value is found in connection with me. And it reminds me of what C.S. Lewis, who thought a lot about this deeply as a fantasy fiction writer, often for children, but also for adults. And he said this regarding maturity and becoming an adult. He said, when I was 10, I read fairy tales in secret and would have been ashamed if I had been found doing so. Now that I am 50, I read them openly. When I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness and the desire to be very grown up. And so very clever of C.S. Lewis Mm. there saying that the childish thing that he put away was this fear of that childlike disposition, this desire to be very grown up. He kind of cast that away and it's no. To grow up in a godly way is to grow in our dependence and reliance upon God, to grow in our Mm. humility towards him and our love towards others. And I just love that quote there from C.S. Lewis in relation to this idea of what it means to have that childlike disposition before God. That's good. There's a difference between right being childlike in our trust in Jesus every single day, as you're mentioning, and dependent, and being childish in our walk with God and mature, never really growing up in the Christian faith or maturing in the Lord. And I think that daily childlike disposition that you're highlighting is exactly what God wants from us. Amen. Yeah. 
Now, brother, in what ways has this text comforted you as you've meditated on it? Yes, I mean, we see again Jesus opening his arms to all kinds of different people, which includes, you know, little children and people like me. His arms are extended to all kinds of needy, dependent sinners this side of heaven who will recognize their need for Christ. Mm. And so that is a comfort to me that, you know, if I would just humble myself like a child, I'm able to receive as well the divine blessing of Christ, to know his grace, to know the touch of his grace, and to be able to be welcomed as one of those who actually get to be part of his kingdom. And so that is an incredible comfort uh, to me as well. That's a good word, brother. And it, it shows us something wonderful about the very heart of God in the person of Jesus, how he welcomed and blessed these infant children. And Luke there, I believe he uses a very specific Greek term to refer to infants in their very young stage of development. So they had no great achievement in life or any social status. And that means as well for us that we don't need to have some kind of great achievement or win the fame of the world in order to win the attention of Jesus, right? We simply just need to go to him humbly with empty hands and hearts open to receive that blessing, Mm -hmm. eager to receive the blessing from Jesus. And that's encouraging. I can go empty handed Mm -hmm. (laughs) just as I am right now. And always he will welcome me. Now, brother, what are some practical takeaways from this passage for all kinds of people in our own congregation? It's one of the most obvious ones from this text is that Jesus welcomes covenant children to himself. Again, as parents, we don't always have time for our children. We're human beings who are limited in our capacities and our time and our emotions. And we all know what it's like to be tugged on by children when we're in the middle of something. And we don't always have time if we're honest. But we're reminded in this text that Jesus Christ, the Lord, has time for our covenant children. That every moment of every day, our children and every Christian can come before him. And as you just mentioned, could be welcomed by the Savior And like us, he does not diminish in his capacities or in his strength uh, because he's not only man, but he is the God man. Mm. And so he's able to handle us and he's able to handle our questions. He's able to handle our doubts. He's able to handle our worries when we're scared. He's able to handle all the things that afflict us this side of heaven. And so we want to tell that to our covenant children and teach them that even as we ourselves are going to Christ daily. Absolutely. I mean, it reminds me of how as parents, we long to have that open relationship with our children that they feel comfortable coming to us to express uh, whatever they're going through in life their emotions the challenges that they're facing at school and their friendships with others and we want them to have that open relationship and open dialogue with us and jesus wants that with all of Mm -hmm. us and Mm -hmm. like you were just saying to our own covenant children children jesus wants you to go to him with whatever's on your heart your joys, your burdens, the things that make you sad, the things that make you happy, share that with Jesus. He wants you to bring that to him in prayer. Yes, and we're reminded as well that children are welcome to Jesus in the worship of God, right? We see that, of course, in in the practice of infant baptism, which we believe comes from God's word, but also for just worship in general on the Lord's day. God has a blessing for our children. And uh, children, I want you to remember that when you're going to church on Sunday, that as God's word is opened, you get to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, and he's speaking to you personally, and he has a blessing for you. As you listen to God's word, he wants to tell you of who you are and how he made you, of the promises that surround your life, and how you are to live for God's glory and for your greatest joy this side of heaven. And so this 
text is calling us to remember that truth as well. And also as parents and as a covenant community, this text is challenging us as well to value the things that God values. And the world doesn't always value the raising up of children, right? It's not always a, a, a work that is seen as valuable in God's sight. But covenant nurture of the least of these, which includes children, is something that brings glory to God as we teach our children, pray with them, catechize them, disciple them in the things of the Lord. God is well pleased with that. Amen. Yeah. And I think about this all the time, especially as a pastor, and I'm sure you do too, Pastor Daniel, but we have the special calling of God in our own vocation to make disciples of all nations, make disciples of the people here in the city of Ontario and continue to build up the disciples of Christ that are in our own congregation. But in a sense, first and foremost, we are to make disciples of our own children and to give them that time as Mm -hmm. well. And it's easy to get distracted by our work, whatever that might be for each of us as parents, and to kind of leave that work on the back burner, the work of tending to our children, nurturing them, teaching them the basics about Christianity, right? And what it means to pray, what it means to read God's word, how to love one another, how to value the worship on Sunday. So these are things that God values, therefore we should value as well. It's a really good word. Brother, since we are a cross-cultural church, what in this passage calls us to love those who are different from us culturally? Mm. Yeah, in the gospel, again, we see Jesus welcoming him to himself all kinds of different peoples and spending time with people from all kinds of different backgrounds. But oftentimes we see barriers that people are setting up between Jesus and different kinds of people. Of course, in this passage, we see the disciples hindering the children from coming to Jesus. In other passages, we see Pharisees criticizing and mocking Jesus for being a friend of sinners. And we want to just make sure that in our own church context, we don't become like the disciples or like the Pharisees. And in that sense, where we are putting barriers between Jesus and all kinds of different groups of people. And sometimes we could do that by putting expectations and demands on people that God's word doesn't. Right. Sometimes there's um, even things in our own culture that are good, but that we exalt too high. And so people from other cultures maybe feel like they're not as welcome if, if, they're, if they're different from us in that way. And so we want to create a church culture that is shaped by the gospel and God's word so that all kinds of different peoples, from children to people of all different walks of life who are wanting to follow Jesus, can know that they too are welcome before the Savior when they too receive the kingdom like a child. It reminds me of how in the gospel itself, Jesus shows us that he set aside his own preferences and interests, like uh, Paul mentions in Philippians chapter 2, in order to prefer us in love. And when we come to worship on Sunday, when we engage in activities as a church, in our gatherings or in our outreach, the gospel teaches us to set aside our own preferences and our own interests, to think about those who are on the outside, those who might be coming in, and to think about the best way to welcome them into our fellowship that we would remove any barrier or hindrance that might be in their way of coming to Jesus, especially if that barrier or hindrance is a mere preference of ours and not the word of God naturally, right? We don't want to set aside the word of God or compromise on faithfulness, but if there's a personal preference that we can set aside for our neighbor in love, that they might come to know Jesus, well then by all means, let's set it aside in love 
and prefer one another in that way. And this also speaks to, you know, how we want to welcome everyone into our church, whether they're in process, they have doubts, they're asking questions, they're in a season of sorrow or they're seeking wisdom, whatever it might be. As Paul says in Romans chapter 15, verse 7, we are to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And how has he welcomed us? Well, with love, just as we are. You can remember that time when you first felt and and heard the call of Jesus in the gospel and where you were at that time, all of the baggage that you had, all of your sinful habits, and he welcomed you just as you were in that moment, but also with the patient goal of improving us, to make us with time more into his own image. And so we are to welcome one another in that way just as they are, exactly how they are with all of their baggage, but also with that patient goal of seeing God's grace improve them and conform them into the image of Christ over time. Now, brother, in what ways does this text give us a bigger and better understanding of who Jesus is for us? Yeah, we've been hitting this throughout our conversation, and I think just what you said is such an important just reminder that Jesus has come and he has brought his kingdom, which is a glorious thing, but that the entrance into that kingdom is given to anyone who would humble themselves like a child and receive it in the ways that he calls us to. It's in one sense incredibly difficult because we're all prone to self-righteousness and self-reliance, but Jesus is showing us that if we will humble ourselves before him like a child, uh, we can receive it. He says at the very end, of this text, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. But on the flip side, right, if we do come in the ways that Jesus is calling us to come, then we're able to enjoy what it means to be children and citizens of his kingdom. Amen, brother. It makes me think maybe someone listening to this podcast right now that hasn't received the kingdom of God yet, hasn't embraced Christ and his gospel And so we implore you to set aside the achievements that you hold on to for your own value and identity. Set aside your sinful habits, recognize your sin, and in that way, humbly go to Jesus to receive all that he gives you. He wants to bless Mm. you with his blood that was shed to atone for all our sins. He wants to bless you with his perfect righteousness. He alone has fulfilled God's law. He wants to cover you in the blessing of who he is and wrap you up in that union that we have with Jesus by faith. Receive him as a child, as this text is calling us to. And if that is you, if you are coming to Jesus in this season, well, come to us as well at Ontario URC, and we'd love to work with you in that progress. You know, we'll be soon starting up a membership class in the Sunday school season. Pastor Daniel will be giving lessons on what it means to follow Jesus and commit to his church. And so keep that on your radar. Come join us in worship on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we'd love to get to know you and welcome you as Christ has welcomed us. Mm-hmm. Now, lastly, brother, which verse from this passage do you recommend that we commit to memory? Yes, I actually want to recommend verse 14, which is the verse that comes right before this account. And it says this, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. A passage that captures so well God's call to receive the grace that he extends freely to any and all. 
what a good word for us to end on. Well, we hope you've been blessed by this conversation and we'll come back next week to continue our musings together on God's word.